2: We're happy to say that Veridesk is a proud sponsor of the Fit Bottomed Girls podcast and our go-to choice for an active workspace. Veridesk quickly and easily transforms your desk into a standing desk, and you can try it all risk-free for 30 days with free shipping both ways. Find out more at veridesk.com. That's V-A-R-I desk.com.
1: Welcome back to the Fit Bottomed Girls podcast. This is FBG Margo, and on the line today, we have Jen. Oh, hello. And we have Kristen. Hey. So, Kristen, you weren't there. Jen and I spoke to Dr. Josh X recently, and he is our guest today. He gave a fantastic interview. And Josh is all about functional medicine. That's his real practice. And so, Jen, do you want to give everybody kind of the 411 on what is functional medicine? Yeah. So, I think he, he does
0: a really great job of talking about it in the beginning of the interview and then he kind of like interweaves different things as he goes on and you can really get a feel for kind of his expertise in the interview I thought. But so, you know, like most times we go see a doctor and that's uh, like considered, you know, traditional medicine, like they're going to like look in your ears and your mouth and be like, what are your symptoms? And then most likely, you know, prescribe you, you know, uh, a medicine, or or give you something to do, um, and he does something that's called functional medicine or integrative medicine, which kind of looks at, in my mind, it, it, it's it's way more holistic and. Um, it's also kind of preventative in some ways. So instead of it being like, okay, you have this problem, let's fix it. It's like, okay, you have this problem. Now let's find the root of it. Why is that happening? And a lot of times it's not a simple process because it's like, okay, well, you know, the reason you have, if you've ever had an exercise injury, this makes so much sense. It's like, why does your hip hurt? You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, well, it turns out it's not like actually your hip. That's the problem. Your hip is now hurting. That's become the problem, but that happened because you had like a muscular imbalance somewhere else in your body or somewhere else or or that sort of thing and so you have to go back and like course correct everything but you have to get to the root of the problem and that's a lot of what um he does but I was really struck by how much just knowledge he had about everything I feel like I could have continued talking to him for (laughs) forever and he would have just had like so many different things to say he has a lot of um they're not fully soapboxes I don't think but just I mean there's so much knowledge in that brain I also kind of want to know if it's like I wanted to ask, is, doctor, is Dr. is Doctor Axe, is that really
1: his last name? We didn't ask thing? that question. How did we avoid, how did we not do that? I know, Josh Axe. That's a name? Yeah, was, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, he is just, like, axing
0: down, like, misinformation, like, rah, yeah, I don't know. And he's
1: super that's handsome. Uh, he, we, we ta- he was on yeah. video at first, too. I was like, oh, wow, he's good looking. Like, yeah, he, he's almost like a soap opera character, Dr. Josh Axe
0: right (laughs) yeah and um it's funny because it's I think if you are someone that is maybe trying to change the um, medicine field a little bit it it, I mean I think you really have to walk the walk in order you know just to talk the talk I guess and Mm -hmm. when we did see him in video like he looks he was like kind of glowing I mean like sits up straight looks strong put together like totally mentally focused and engaged and I think he'd ha- he talks about, like, his, um, oh, he has, like, a certain step, so many minutes in the morning, that's, like, his ritual. Yeah, like- he
1: has a triathlon. It's a mental yes, triathlon, a spiritual triathlon. So he prays, yeah. then he meditates, and then he kind of plans his day. And yeah, I kind of want to be Doctor Josh. X. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his wife, I, I'm now following her on Instagram, and, and me we too. mentioned it in the show. Yeah, me too. I know she. She follows us, by the way. She's a big thick bottom girls fan. But yeah, they live a great lifestyle. I mean, they're both. They live it. They 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 eat healthy. They they are just lovely people. They live in Nashville. I mean, I, I want to be these people. Can they adopt me? I know, right? I know. I want to come. I'm going to vacation at their house. There we go. So he's a big, big promote proponent excuse me of essential oils and I know you two are both big fans of it so can you talk a little bit about that how about you Kristen
2: yeah so I I really pretty much just use it for like in my diffuser and you know just have it like making my house smell nice Um, although I do also use a little bit of it a lot of times um, before I do yoga Um, I'll rub a couple drops into my hands and onto the tops of my feet and then, like as I'm going through through a flow, I will kind of get these little whiffs of. Um, usually, I'll do something like lavender or something, you know, sort of sort of calming and relaxing and stuff. And that that just feels like really nice and adds a little something extra to my practice. I think.
0: Ooh, I'm gonna try that with my on the tops of my feet. I know. Yeah, and not I know
2: that. Yeah, I know that there are some that like. It, it, and I don't know a whole bunch about this. Maybe we should ask Dr. Axe. Um, but I know that there are some that, like, can irritating to your skin, I think, if you put it directly on. So, yeah. you know, as I'm saying this, like, guys, use, you know, use common sense. Like, if you touch
0: it and it hurts, like, don't do that. <laughs> yeah.
2: That's
1: a thing know. in life, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> I
0: recommend, like a, um, like, a carrier oil or something. Yeah. Like, so that you kind of mix it in with that and then it's, it's more. Yeah. Oh. And, and- the other. Thing that
2: I I don't personally do this but I take full advantage is at the yoga studio I go to at the end of class during Shavasana um, she brings around she brings around a, a cool damp cloth yeah. uh, with lavender
0: mm. and it's amazing
2: like that is sometimes I, I stick it out just for that you know
0: that's such a treat I want to say I've had that at Yoga 6 which is like a franchise I've had that and it's just so, it's so lovely. It's like a little spa experience at your, at, in your yoga class. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, I have a diffuser and in this interview, Dr. Axe recommends, we asked him like, what are your favorite essential oils? And one of his favorites was frankincense. Yeah. I am saying that correctly. Oh, you and just about, got that the about, other day. Yeah, I know. I was like, I had never, I had never had it. I've never done it. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to try that. That seems, because he was like, when in doubt, just, just do that. Just use that one. I'm like, okay on its own yeah or like diffuse it
2: well yeah i know but that's yeah Yeah, that's but that was it I, yeah because i mix that. it with um with a couple other scents um for like a christmasy thing
0: oh. um Ooh. that i
2: really like it but, yeah mix? i don't have ever done it just by itself
0: what do you mix with for the
1: for christmas um, i
2: think i have a like a piney one yeah. mm-hmm. that it goes in with and then and then i think myrrh
1: that is very christmasy
2: it, it's super Christmassy. It smells wonderful. the The pine is like I don't know what the proportions are, but like I do like considerably more pine than the others. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also like. And the do you guys ever use the um, you know the Fraser Fir candles that are like thirty five dollars for a very small little candle?
1: I've seen them. It's the best
2: scent <laughs> in the history of the world. Yes. Um. <laughs> like I will I will burn those like or use a um a diffuser for those
0: like all year long. I just love it. Hmm. No, I mean, but you should just try Try the frankincense on its own. It's really yeah. lovely. It's just really lovely. And the other one I really like that he, I think he mentions, but I, I've stumbled upon it before. Cedarwood, whenever, because I will tend to diffuse. I have a diffuser in my office. And so I almost set it up like every morning and I'm just kind of like, self, what sounds good? <laughs> and sometimes I want something a little, you know, perkier or peppier. So I'll do more of like a lemon or like a grapefruit or something. But then sometimes like I, I, I do kind of want more of a, I don't know, like a comfy or homey or kind of like grounded feeling. And I find that for me, the cedar wood, I imagine, I don't have pine, but I imagine pine's kind of similar. Is it just, I mean, it makes you feel like you're like out in the forest, yes. which just is like awesome, glorious, you know, like who doesn't want to just like breathe in the forest?
3: So which
0: yeah. puts me in a good, a good mood. Where do you guys get your essential oils? Oh man. Where do you get yours, Kristen? I was like,
2: Amazon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think all of the ones that I have are ones that I have been sent to review, which nice. So I'm not giving you a great answer, um, <laughs> but it's because I've got them. I've gotten them from like several different, different merchants and I've liked all of them. Like I have yet to get a kind that I'm like, oh no, this doesn't work for me. So I'll look at, I'll look back on some of the ones that we've reviewed and maybe we can share that in the show notes. Yeah. Um, because I've, I've really liked a lot of them. And I know that people have really specific ideas and um, really strong preferences for different brands. And I'm sure that some are purer than others. And I just don't know enough about it to,
0: to feel all that strongly. And I think that maybe Dr. Axe has some subline. He I wrote mean, a book about like, it for sure. Yeah, I think he does. I think that's on his, I think that's on his website. I bet so, they're great. There are so many, like so many different brands out there. Yeah. And I, I've reviewed some too. So we can include that link as well. I think it's, Nada, Nanda? Yeah. yeah,
1: Nanda. Yeah. We'll find it out, and I'll, I'll definitely be sure to put it into the and I like show that, notes. But yeah.
0: yeah. So but I'm a total newbie, so we don't really know what we're talking about when it comes to essential oils. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just go to Fit Body Zen, type in it. the words. We definitely knew about it when we wrote about it. So definitely look those up, but I'll make yes. sure to put those into the show notes as well. And then he also talked about collagen and bone broth. And obviously, Kristen, that's not your bag because uh, you're a vegetarian. But uh, So Jennifer, you just made your first batch of yes! bone broth so I I've make been making mine with my fabulous instant pot which I've been talking about since last Christmas that I got for last year but tell me your experience with bone broth
0: well now I totally need to get an instant pot Yes, you do. I did mine for eight hours and I know I should do it longer so next time I'm gonna do it longer but what's been awesome is okay so if you buy bone in chicken it's really affordable like it's really cheap <laughs> compared mm-hmm. to you know without so we have been doing um my husband and I have been making like one sheet or sheet pan dinners with bone-in chicken and then so we eat and we eat all of it well except for the bones and we just put the bones aside and then literally I just listened to Dr. Ax Dr. Said, um, put them in a pan you know like with some water bones in there put some apple cider vinegar so that you're pulling out the collagen you're kind of breaking things down you know cook it over like super low for a long time and then and then have it use it in recipes use it on soup or just just drink it and I was kind of skeptical because I was like, well, it was only there for eight hours, and let's be honest, like, I didn't measure any sort of amount of water, and I have no idea what I'm doing, and I'm, like, chasing around a toddler or whatever, so I go ahead, and, um, and my husband's also extremely skeptical. He's like, Jen, did you even, like, did you even put carrots or anything here? I'm like, no, I didn't, I didn't do it." Well, oh, you did nothing. It's <laughs> literally just both. Wow, Okay. I know. And so, um, which I'm sure it is more delicious if you put all those things in it. That will be my next phase. But yeah, I just put it in like a cup and then we had it warm and added like the smallest amount of sea salt and a little bit of garlic powder. And it was delicious. Like, we, like, literally that evening, we were like so dorky. It was like, what are you going to do tonight? We're like, we're going to watch Stranger Things and drink bone broth. And we did. <laughs> <laughs> and it was awesome. It was like snuggling and warm, and it was just, it was great. So I think we're like converts, and now um I'm going to have to make more. And with like, I want to add turmeric and I want to do some other things.
1: Yeah, there's a great recipe, and I reviewed for uh, Fit Bottom Eats the Cave Girl Cuisine Book, which is yeah. with the Instant Pot because I love my Instant Pot. And she has a couple of great bone broth recipes there. It's actually pretty simple. It's just, you know, and it's, I don't know, I, I live in New York. I feel like everything's, oh, yeah, you can just get it at the store. I mean, well, you know it's new york you can get anything here but you if there's a butcher where you are in any meat section they should ha- nowadays have a section for bones and you can get them and i i love it it's it's just like my new my new favorite thing too now that it's getting cold i'm, I'm yeah. totally into it because over the summer of course i'm not going to drink it as much but so but- you do you get like because he recommends like chicken feet because i think he's trying to get like the most collagen out do you i haven't done chicken feet yet but i've done okay. pork And I've I I, the knuckles and and yeah Yeah, I I Kristen, are you going to be freaking out right now? (laughs) Yeah, I am. Kristen's tuned out. She is most she's emotionally checked away from us for a second. Yeah, I just pulled up Facebook and I'm like, I'm out, guys. Weird meat eaters. (laughs) But anyway, so why don't we just go right into our episode today with Doctor Axe? He's a fantastic guest.
2: Did you know that being more active at work like standing more and sitting less, can help improve your health, reduce back pain, boost energy, and increase both your metabolism and your productivity? True story. And our favorite way to get those benefits is with Varidesk. See for yourself at varidesk.com. That's V-A-R-I-desk.com.
1: Dr. Josh Axe is a doctor of natural medicine, a clinical nutritionist, a chiropractic physician, and best-selling author with a passion to help people get well using food as medicine. He operates one of the world's largest natural health websites, draxe.com, a site visited by more than 14 million people every month looking for healthy recipes, herbal remedies, nutrition, and fitness advice. He is an expert in functional medicine, digestive health, and herbal remedies, Dr. Axe founded one of the largest functional medicine clinics in the world in Nashville, Tennessee, and served as a physician for many professional athletes. Welcome to the show, Dr. Axe.
3: Hey, thanks for having me.
1: Thanks for being on the show today. This is FBG Margot, and on the line today, we have FBG Jen. What up? What up? (laughs) So I'm going to ask you the first question, Dr. Axe. Can you please give us a little background talking about what functional medicine is versus traditional medicine, please?
3: Yeah. So, you know, when you look at traditional medicine today versus, you know, functional medicine or even integrative medicine to a degree, you know, uh, conventional medicine today really focuses on treating a symptom and and relieving a symptom. And, you know, they'll use a lot of uh, pharmaceuticals, uh, medications, which actually kind of surprising. A lot of these pharmaceutical medications are, um, were derived or they came up with the idea from them from plants or essential oils or herbs or things like that. But when you look at a doctor of functional medicine, rather than treating the symptom, let's say high blood pressure, for instance, patient comes with, when, with high blood pressure to a conventional medical doctor. They will prescribe a blood pressuring lower, lowering medication to just bring it down. But it's forcing the body to do actually something it doesn't want to do. And the same thing happens in conventional medicine. Someone has high cholesterol, they'll give a medication to try and drive it down. Uh, You know, somebody has too much estrogen, they'll try and drive it down. So what medications do is they force your body to do something. What actually supplements and herbal extracts do in most cases is they support your body in healing itself and doing what it was designed to do. So most doctors of functional medicine, they're more holistic in nature. They'll say, the first question they ask is, what is the root cause of this problem? So with high blood pressure, it's not caused by a lack of lisinopril or some sort of medication in your bloodstream. High blood pressure could be caused by emotional stress. So maybe they put somebody on a program to reduce stress. You know, it can be caused by nutritional deficiencies. Low magnesium levels can cause high blood pressure. Maybe, maybe it's a diet problem. Maybe they don't have enough omega-3 fats in their diet. So there's chronic inflammation building up in their bloodstream uh, and in their gut. So, you know, that that's a root cause of the problem. And so what they'll really do is they'll look at, okay, what is the root cause of disease? And then recommend lifestyle changes, dietary changes, and vitamins and supplements to actually treat the root cause of disease. And that's why today, I mean, you know, the, when you look at uh, what functional medicine and integrative medicine, you know, the reference to those fifteen years ago almost nobody knew what they were but today so many people are sick and tired of just taking drugs with all the serious side effects and people are looking for natural solutions so, you know functional medicine today is really it's growing very very quickly
0: well that's so cool because you don't want to you know take a drug that then has side effects in addition and then you're like treating side effects and it kind of becomes like this almost like domino effect So, in your, in, okay, so in your opinion with all of that in mind what does, quote-unquote, healthy eating mean to you? And is it kind of the same for everyone, or is it, in your opinion, pretty individualized?
3: Sure, yeah, I'll answer that question. I do, I do want to kind of go off um, the prior question that just made, made me think of something. But, yeah, yeah you know, a, a lot of people don't realize this, too. These synthetic medications today, they leach nutrients from your body. In fact, there isn't a single medication or drug across the board, even things like, birth control pills or antibiotics, you know, these things, or aspirin, you know, uh, these these NSAIDs and these, what we think are minor painkillers, all of these medications leach nutrients from your body, in fact, if you look at some... Something like, again, birth control today, it actually kills microbes in the gut, causes yeast overgrowth, which then causes major B vitamin deficiencies, lowering energy levels, can then affect the thyroid function. So these cascade of effects can happen by taking just even a single drug. So, you know, the great thing is, is that, you know, the body can heal. With nutrients, with dietary changes, with more activity and fitness, all of these things can really support the body. And in, in, in terms of the diet question, I'm a firm believer that there is not one diet for everybody. We were all uniquely created. You know, I see these big debates online, like vegan versus paleo versus right. keto versus. You know, and, and here is my opinion. Like I, I've spent a lot of years studying Chinese medicine and Ayurvedic medicine. And today, when you look at the amount of research we have over the past 100 years, we have about 100 years of research proving what some of what we do in Western medicine. When you look at traditional Chinese medicine especially, there are millions and millions of individual case studies that have been done over the course of over 3,000 years. There is a lot more efficacy in terms of individual case studies when you're looking at these ancient, ancient medicine and ancient nutrition remedies versus what they have today. So, a, so if somebody goes into an Oriental medical doctor today who is really well trained, they have a patient come in. What, what they'll do is they'll actually look at their tongue and they'll feel their pulse and they'll be able to tell what's going on in somebody's body based off of some of those signs. For instance, if, if they look at somebody's tongue and there's a white coating there. Now, most of us already know That's candida. There's yeast overgrowth, which in Chinese medicine, that's called dampness in the body. When somebody has dampness, they're going to have lack of nutrient absorption. They'll hold water. They can get bloating easy, digestive disturbance, those types of things. But other things, if there's creases on the side of the tongue, that's a liver issue. If there is just coating only in the back of the tongue, that's adrenal fatigue. All those types of things, they would look at the body and say, okay, there's this issue going on. And let's say if somebody had major liver uh, and gallbladder issues, well, that type of person would actually do better on more of a vegetarian diet, very, very high in in, in fruits and vegetables if they have gallbladder uh, and liver issues Um, versus somebody that say that has like, you know, hormone imbalance, they typically want to do more high fat. And a little bit more protein, really supporting the body and especially supporting insulin levels. Same thing with diabetes. You know, so ketogenic diet, something like that, somebody with brain issues, epilepsy, just neurodegenerative illness, Alzheimer's, would do amazing on a ketogenic diet. And these are two very different diets, super high plant-based, higher in carbohydrates versus ketogenic. But it really depends upon the person. Here's the big thing I know, that there have been people that have been vegans that have lived to be over 100 years old. There's also been people that have lived off of whale blubber, uh, Eskimos that live to be over 100 years old. The, the, the big thing is people need to eat real food, you know. And, and, I, and I will say, though, you know, I typically, it is rare, and I'd say less than 1% of the time, I have somebody do a vegan diet. And the reason being is it's really just not the healthiest diet for most people because it just leads to so many amino acid deficiencies and certain B vitamin deficiencies like like B12, and there's some other nutrients there as well. So, I, I tend to people, put people more on what I would call, you know, like a, um, a traditional Chinese medicine diet, which is lot, lots of, like, you know, I, I'll give an example. Like, I have people do a lot of bone broth, a lot of fruit, lots of vegetables, some wild caught meat, some nuts and seeds, in, in, in some grains, but only nuts, seeds, and grains that have been sprouted and soaked and, and that uh, are easier to digest. And so that's. In general, sort of the the diet that I recommend for most people. I know I kind of said a lot there. but
1: (laughs) That was awesome. We like information. We We do like like information. (laughs) We're information geeks. So can you talk a bit about adrenal fatigue? What is it? What are the signs of it? And how can you help with it?
3: Yeah, so so adrenal fatigue, and again, I, I'm going to talk about this in terms of Western medicine and Chinese medicine. You know, in, in Western medicine, and, and, and these are actually are closer related than some conditions between the two, but when you look at adrenal fatigue, in Western medicine we tend to say, okay, well, we know cortisol levels are high, there's a high-stress environment, and your, uh, specifically your, your kidneys, these, these organs are responsible for, producing certain hormones, especially things like, you know, uh, epinephrine, norepinephrine, some of these different hormones, your adrenals are responsible for that. You know, we live in a society today that's a real fight or flight response. And most most people have heard this explanation, so I'll keep it to a short 20 seconds here. You know, our ancestors, if there was a bear running after them or a lion, like they were flying and running away or they were fighting, you know. And your body knows this innately. So your body, when it's put under that type of stress, all of your energy goes from your insides. Imagine this, your gut, your GI, your liver, and it starts moving outside externally. It starts moving up to your brain and your limbs, okay, or certain areas of your brain. So your body can, um, you know, fight or, fight or fly away. So that's, and imagine this as being a spectrum. You have one end of a spectrum called your sympathetic nervous system. System that's far over on this left end on, on the right end you have what's called your parasympathetic nerve system and where your sympathetic nervous system is very your body's on high alert and it's on protective mode parasympathetic is your body is in healing mode regeneration hormone secretion digestive juices saliva like you know all of those things happen with a parasympathetic response well today most of us live you know, traffic jams, you know, you're, you're like, you know, th- that's a high sympathetic response. We're always on like we're working all day. We hardly take days off cell phones, you know, in the blue light coming off. Those keep us in a high sympathetic state. So but here's the thing. And, and here's an example. You know, as a lot of uh, the follower, your followers are going to uh, really, really, I think, connect with on this is that, you know, when you're out in the middle of, like, uh, you know, a high-intensity interval training workout or even doing a 5K, like, you can't eat a cheeseburger, right? You can't do it. Like, either you're have, going to have reflux or it's going in one end, out the other, you know, like, that's what's going to happen because when you are in that fitness, your body knows, oh, I need to start going into sympathetic mode. I'm flying right now. I'm moving fast. But your body can't do both at the same time. Your body can either live in that state or this other state. And so, again, you, you can tell when, you live in a, when you're in a sympathetic state, you can't digest. Certain hormones aren't secreted in the right amounts. So when you are... Um, you know living in that state all the time, you're never completely digesting your foods, you're never completely absorbing and digesting, and your hormones you're using too many of them where you're literally sort of draining some of these organs like your adrenals. So again, that's sort of a little more of a complex answer, but adrenal fatigue is caused when those adrenal those those adrenaline and cortisol levels stay too high over time, and then your 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 adrenals are finally like, "I've had enough, I can't take any more." And it's kind of like used all your juice. There's a word in Chinese medicine that's called qi. It's spelled Q-I. And that really comes from your kidneys and adrenals. And that's known as sort of like, you know, they'll use words like life force, that sort of thing. But imagine sort of like your energy is like a glass of water. And, and like, you know, have you ever met anybody and, like, their, like, skin is glowing, their eyes are big and bright, man? They're just full of energy. Well, in Chinese medicine, you'd say, man, that person has, you know, that person's got a lot of qi. And, but other people, and this naturally happens as we age too, when you see somebody with rounded shoulders, even low self-esteem, like you'd start to see, like imagine that glass of water, like that water is barely in there. And, and that's 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 cheap. But also in Chinese medicine, they would say that person has adrenal fatigue. They just, their energy levels are so low. And, and again, this what can cause adrenal fatigue, again, it's a lot of this fight or flight response. Foods, sugar is meant to be for a sympathetic, like you're out there running, we're eating sugar and all these refined carbs all day. That causes it as well. And then low self esteem, actually. Poor self esteem will also really contribute to adrenal fatigue and actually the emotion of fear. I promise, I know I'm talking a lot here. Last thing I'll say, and we'll jump out of questions. But um, so, like in, in Chinese medicine, they know certain emotions cause, cause disease in certain organs. So the emotion of fear, well, think about this. If you have a a child and they get really, really scared, they can actually wet themselves, okay, because they're losing control. It's causing dysfunction of their bladder and their kidneys, okay, and adrenals to a degree because of fear. If you have a person, let's say, you know, you've got whether a young woman or man and they have lived in fear for a big part of their life, maybe they're afraid of failure. They're afraid of disappointing their parents. They're afraid of, you know, disappointing a loved one or something like that if somebody has that chronic fear over time yeah they may not wet themselves but you know what it's going to cause chronic dysfunction in their adrenals and kidneys and reproductive organs in fact i think this is a big root cause of infertility today different types of um you know ovarian and uterine cancer uh, adrenal issues is sort of this underlying fear that people have lived with a, a big part of their life
0: so how common do you think adrenal fatigue at some level is for the majority of like the U S population.
3: You know, I, I would say it's really, you know, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, I would say more than eh, 50%, about 50% of people could have it. And and it could honestly range anywhere from 20 to 80%. I mean, I would say most people have a low line, like a a low degree of adrenal fatigue. Mm -hmm. Um, and people can tell by this after you eat, or even just 30 minutes to an hour after, go and look at your tongue. If there's a white coating mostly on the back of your tongue, either if it's on the whole tongue or the back of your tongue, any type of white or, or any type of coating at all, that means you have adrenal fatigue. It's really that easy to know.
0: Huh? So what, what's something that someone could do, let me guess, like if, if they do have that, like they go look at their tongue and they're like, oh, no, you know, I've got signs of this. Um, what would you recommend, like a couple of things they could do that could possibly start to help?
3: Yeah. I mean, n- number one thing I would do is I, I I try and address the emotional side. I would try and dig into what is the underlying emotion that you know is toxic to yourself? Is it fear? Is it worry? Is it anxiety? Is it stress? And then work on dealing with that. There's a lot of different ways. You know, I, um, uh, you know, I know a lot of people have different religious beliefs. But for me, like when I've had, like my own mom actually struggled with major fear and anxiety. She was on antidepressant medications. And so, you know, she's a Christian. She turned the Bible. And so she just actually... Printed out a list of verses and other meditations and started working on those. So that's one, you know, really working on, I used to, you know, I do something called this, a spiritual triathlon in the morning where I wake up first thing every morning and I, I just get grateful for five minutes. I just say everything I'm grateful for and spend some time in praise. And I spend five minutes reading like some sort of personal growth, something positive. And then I spend the next five minutes in prayer, meditation, visualization. And so, so that's something that people may consider doing as well. So that's number one. Number two, in Chinese medicine, when you look at, what nourishes the adrenals and kidneys, they're really dark colored foods that are nutrient dense. And so things that are black and purple and really dark green. And so, you know, I would recommend consuming, um, lots of blueberries, lots of figs and pomegranate on the vegetable end, lots of green leafy vegetables. Um, things like chicken liver actually are phenomenal because they're so high in B vitamins. Even if you take that in a capsule form, you can Carlson's has this great supplement called Buffalo Liver. You can take in capsules. Um, so, so, anyways, I would do you know some wild caught meat, lots of berries, lots of things like seaweed, lots of green leafy vegetables, and then dark rices like uh, black rice and quinoa are also very nourishing. A little bit of sea salt, adding those to the foods. But, but that's sort of an ideal diet. And then, additionally, actually, even things like bone broth and collagen would be great. And then, in terms of supplements, there's a supplement called Ashwaganda. That is all. Uh, that's very, very effective, both for thyroid and adrenal issues. So I think doing ashwagandha daily. There's other adaptogens that are beneficial: reishi mushroom, rhodiola rosea, tulsi, also known as holy basil, and then taking a B complex vitamin. So those are some of the things I would consider and look into, from a from a diet and uh, you know herbal supplement, uh, supplementation standpoint.
1: So talking about food, if we were to go to your home and look into your fridge and pantry, what would we most likely find there?
3: Yeah. So, you know, I was in there this morning. I had a bunch of blueberries and figs. So I, I love summer because it's fig season. So I, I eat like figs like every every morning. Um, but I, yeah, I have a bunch of figs and blueberries in there. I think we got some raspberries too. I got a lot of broccoli rabe in there. I don't know if you've had rapini. It's oh, yeah. like a like a cross between broccoli and kale, but it's, um, I really like bitter foods. And that's another thing. If somebody has candida, bitter foods are what dry up dampness and candida in the body. So just kind of a side note, but I do a lot of that, lots of hummus. So I got that in there. Uh, I got some, uh, almond milk in there right now. And then see, what else do we have? You know, just some natural condiments I use. There's a brand I love. It's called Tesseme's and they have honey mustard, natural barbecue sauce, natural ranch dressing. So that's great in there. Uh, what else do we have? Last night we got to go. We got um, some uh, grass-fed steak and artichokes from a local restaurant here. So you're going to find a lot of uh, a lot of fruits, vegetables, meats. Uh, I think we got some cod liver oil in there actually. So that's some of what I got in there now.
1: Okay. Yum. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay. So let's talk about. We do have a lot of, of listeners who um, you know are looking to kind of optimize themselves and their bodies, and you know would like to lose a few pounds. So. I know you touched on it a little bit, but can you kind of maybe tell us a little bit more about weight loss and hormones and kind of that relationship and what some of your best um, advice is for weight loss?
3: Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I've worked with, uh, you know, thousands of patients over the years specifically with weight loss and seen really great results real fast, but also helped people get to the point where they were seeing long lasting weight loss. And my wife, Afe actually she's a doctor as well dr chelsea actually she's also a cscs trainer and yoga instructor and so she she could actually probably speak to this just as well as i could but um we um you know she does something right now that and she's done lots of diets over the there she used to do like you know some like figure and fitness training and that type of thing but okay. she she does what's called uh, carb cycling mm-hmm. um or even keto cycling to a degree so what she did is she actually got on a ketogenic diet just did it for 30 days and then what she does is she does uh two days in a row of fat, mostly fat and protein and very little to no carbs. And then on every third day, she does, you know, quite a few carbs. So she does mostly carbs and protein on those days. So she does that for herself. I've had other patients do like every other day. But one of the keys is bouncing out insulin. Most people today get way too many carbohydrates. I mean, that's just the fact of the matter. It's funny, we call it low carb today. Low carb is normal. Everyone else is living in high carb. Uh, despite despite what most people think and this is an issue oftentimes even more directed towards uh, women than men because on average what i 've seen in my clinic men tend to gravitate a little bit more they 'll eat more meat you know they'll eat more fat but a lot of women do a lot of carbohydrates especially and I think it's a major cause of hormonal issues so I would say to consider a couple diets you know one yeah you know, I, I recommend a ketogenic diet for some people but for a short period of time time. Nobody should live in keto and do that year round, you know, doing it for a short time to sort of reset their body, getting it ready to burn fat for energy. So that's one option doing that. And then moving into something like keto or carb cycling for a period of time can be good. But for people that just want to just eat one way all the time, you know, I recommend just general food groups for the most part, make vegetables, you know, 50% of your plate. You know, after that, make, you know, uh, a a sprouted whole grain or a fruit, you know, maybe like, uh, you know, like a quarter of your plate. And then something like wild caught meat, like a quarter of the plate. So that's that's for me typically what I recommend. Or you could again throw healthy fat in there if you're not going to do carbs during the meal to sort of replace the um, you know the grains and fruit would be an option. But but in general, you know, like for me, like a Chinese medicine diet, like I I do tons of bone broth. I actually think it's the number one food people are deficient in today is broth. And the reason being is most most of us get a lot of methionine-rich proteins, which methionine-rich proteins are. Found in uh, you know uh, beef, chicken, fish, eggs, and then also grains, um, legumes, and beans, and nuts and seeds. And so those are methionine-rich proteins. Those are meant for muscle building. Collagen-rich proteins are only found in organ meat and broth, which is what our ancestors ate all the time. And that type of collagen, the collagen-rich proteins, support your gut lining. They support holding your organs up in your fascia they support your um again your joints your entire immune system and your skin hair and nails and so over time as we age your body produces less collagen and so you know for your skin to be firmed and toned and without any sort of sagging you need you need collagen you know same thing like how many people as they age have joint issues compared to muscular issues like a muscle pain versus joint pain i mean it's like ten to one way more same thing with athletes how many athletes today are tearing their acl or the rotator cuff or a joint versus you know or connective tissue versus a muscle if we have many more joint issues today and that's because again we're not nourishing these or these areas of our body, and so again, if somebody said, "Hey, what's the?" I'm talking about diet right now, but the number one food people should be getting in their diet today, whether it be for weight loss, for insulin balance, for overall health, it really is collagen. You know, 10, 15 years ago, nobody knew what an omega-3 was, and I'm serious. I mean, literally, almost mm-hmm. nobody. Less than 10% of people now. Everybody across the board knows. Hey, you got to have a balance of omega-3 and omega-6. We're going to see the same thing, I guarantee you, in the next few years. Everybody will be talking about, hey, not only are your fats balanced, are your proteins, are your amino acids balanced in your body? Most of us are getting way too many methionine-rich proteins, not near enough of these collagen-rich proteins like proline, hydroxyproline, glycine. And so, again, you know, perfect diet for me for someone losing weight. They might wake up for breakfast and do a bone broth smoothie, one scoop of a bone broth powder, maybe some coconut milk, some berries, a little bit of cinnamon. You know, maybe even, yeah, you, know, you could throw a little bit of like flax or something there too, green superfood powder, but like a superfood smoothie for breakfast, for lunch, maybe a big salad, you know, olive oil, salmon, you know, that type of thing on there, lots of veggies. And dinner, maybe like a warm broth, broth of bone broth soup. You could do a little sprouted rice, but mostly veggies, herbs, ginger, you know, chicken or beef, or whatever in there, lots of broth. But, you know, I think in general, that's the sort of diet that I, and I, and I know that. I'm not very good at uh, just, you know, answering your one question. I tend to go off in my own direction and say five things. But anyway. So do
0: you make your own bone bone
3: broth? Yeah, so there's a few ways to get broth. So number one, you can make it yourself. If you make it yourself, you can go to your local farmer's market, grab some chicken feet, backs and necks, or beef bones, and you're going to put them in a submerge them in water in a crock pot or slow cooker or pressure cooker for about, 24 hours you know cook it there you're going to put in a few tablespoons of apple cider vinegar that actually helps pull some of the nutrients out and then that's it that, that'll that make broth um the other option is you can buy it frozen uh, oftentimes have it shipped to your house online or you can get it in a powder form like a bone broth protein or like so a, a you can take bone broth dehydrate it make it into a powder and then actually you know have it like a smoothie um that's the other option so those are kind of the three ways to get broth in your diet
1: so tell us about some of your favorite workouts. Not only to lose weight because we do have people you know who follow us who do want to lose a few pounds, but also just for lifelong good health. What are your favorite workouts?
3: Sure. Yeah, for favorite workouts, um Man, I got a lot, like my wife, and I, we just love to move for one. But, you know, I'll say uh, we really like, I mean, we like interval training. I and mean, we like doing some burst training. So we'll do um, Tabata, you know, 40 seconds on, 20 off is typically what we'll do. And we'll do that with weights a lot of times too. You know, we'll go in and do a set of curls, 40 seconds, you know, lighter weight until we're just like muscles are done, take 20 seconds rest. So, so you know, Tabata is absolutely one of our favorites. We like doing bar You know, bar classes, my wife especially. Um, I I don't do it as often as her, but she'll do something called Bar Amped. A friend of ours, Suzanne Bowen, does. And, you know, really good for sort of, um, uh, you know, getting toned up. And then... You know, we love traditional weight training, so I would say of all the type of workouts we do the most, I tend to do like 30 to 40 minutes of weight, weights, maybe 40 minutes of weights, followed by 20 minutes of burst, if you want to know what I do most often and regularly. And aside from that, we just love to move. Like, we're big fans of paddleboarding, so we go down the Panhandle of Florida all the time, an area called Seaside in between Destin area, and uh, so we'll paddleboard. You know, we like indoor climbing, all that type of stuff. So we do a lot of, um, yeah, a, a, lot, a lot of interval stuff.
0: Gut health in general, like what's kind of like the big, because I know people have heard, you know, like, oh, this is kind of important, gut health is important. What do people really need to know there?
3: Yeah, so when it comes to gut health or specifically that condition, leaky gut, you know, one of the ancient practitioners, Hippocrates, has said all disease begins in the gut. And I really believe what he said is for the most part, it's true to to, to a degree You know, in in this condition, leaky gut works like this. Now, somebody can have no symptoms and have leaky gut. Somebody can have major symptoms like inflammatory bowel disease. But I'd say one of the most common issues, especially if somebody has an autoimmune problem or thyroid like Hashimoto's thyroiditis, they absolutely have leaky gut. Children with autism absolutely have leaky gut. And what leaky gut is, imagine your gut lining is like like a fishing net, a net with really small holes in it. And it's the barrier between your bloodstream and your, uh, in your intestines, okay? So there's a barrier there. What can happen over time if you have a lot of inflammation? Imagine a fire going along this net What it starts burning holes into the, the net. So your gut lining has really small holes that should only allow very small particles through, like micronutrients, like vitamins and minerals and glucose for energy and those types of things. What happens over time is there's inflammation of the gut lining. You get these big holes in the neck causing leaky gut. And so certain things that should never get in your bloodstream get in there. Undigested food particles like gluten, um, heavy metals and toxins, bad bacteria, uh, parasites. These things actually get into the bloodstream. And then your body says, whoa, these shouldn't be in here. It causes inflammation in your bloodstream. And then that can cause inflammation throughout your entire body. Rheumatoid arthritis and joint pain over time can cause can target your thyroid-causing thyroid issues, can target your whole body-causing autoimmune disease. And so really it's this sort of uh, cascade of effects to where it starts with gut inflammation, then can cause food sensitivities to certain foods where people are getting reactions to foods like weight gain, gas and bloating, even skin, you know, different skin issues, even minor acne or rashes, those types of things can pop up over time. And then that can lead to more uh, autoimmune illness, uh, with people over time. So that's essentially what leaky gut is. And the majority of people, again, I'll, just, I'll go through a list of symptoms here. People with adrenal fatigue, any thyroid problem, depression, anxiety, autism, ADHD, chronic joint pain, or any type of autoimmune disease, everyone, or, or food sensitivities and food allergies, every one of those issues is connected to leaky gut syndrome. And so really, if somebody wants to, you know, heal their body they got to start with their gut lining so you start by removing foods that cause gut inflammation that's pretty much all sugar aside from a little bit of fruit and honey that's going to be so again get sugar out of the diet get these hydrogenated oils like canola oil and vegetable oil out of the diet you got to remove refined grains any grain that's not sprouted and uh you know and 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 gluten-free grain like a sprouted rice or sprouted oat or quinoa all other grains you should get out of your diet, and then, of course, processed foods, aspartame, artificial sh- uh, sweetener, sucralose. All of those should people should remove from their diet, and then they should consume foods that really uh, are easy on the body to allow it to heal itself and improve digestion, and that's going to be bone broth, cooked vegetables, wild organic meats, you know, some fruit, you know, pears are super easy to digest, that type of thing. And then certain herbal supplements um, are really good. um, And certain essential oils actually can be great, too. Ginger is fantastic for gut health, licorice root extract, um, you know, peppermint oil, those types of things can all, all benefit the gut.
1: So speaking of essential oils, you've written a whole book about it, so, yeah. what are a few of your favorite ones, and do you like to diffuse them, or how do you like to use them?
3: Yeah, so I use them three ways, or f- actually, I'll say four ways. I use them, I diffuse them, I use them topically, I use them in my personal care products, and some oils I'll use internally. You know, that like the oils that are more herb-based, I'll use internally, or herbs or root Typically, the floral oils or an, or an oil that comes from, a, you know, like a tree or something like that, I tend to not use those internally. But um, So anyways, just to give an example, so, so the oils I'm using the most, holy basil oil is an oil I absolutely love. Um, it's also known as Tulsi, but holy basil is an adaptogen, helps lower cortisol levels. So I'll, I'll diffuse holy basil essential oil sort of all day. I'll have that going, sometimes mixed with a lavender oil. Very, very calming. If I'm trying to, like, focus on studying... You know, peppermint oil, coffee essential oil, and um, even things like vetiver or cedarwood. Those oils are very good for improving focus. Um, You know, I make my own homemade deodorant. I use a little bit of, uh, like, uh, I usually use sandalwood or cedarwood oil for myself. My wife Chelsea does it. She'll use, like, a little ylang-ylang or jasmine and that type of thing. And then just in general for other conditions, digestive issues. Ginger oil with peppermint oil is an amazing blend for hormone conditions, for balancing out estrogen. Gym progesterone cortisol. Doing a blend of uh, clary sage and holy basil is probably my favorite blend for naturally thickening your hair. Rosemary oil is the best. Like ten drops of rosemary oil. Clary sage is the second best for that too. But rosemary oil, massage it in your scalp with a little olive oil, and um, yeah, maybe wash your hair a a couple hours later. But those are, eh, yeah, some of the oil. And then I have a saying, when in doubt, frankincense. So I use frankincense <laughs> all the time. Like I use it, like, I, you know, it's kind of what I just, you know, if I, if I travel and like go into even a public restroom, like I don't use their antibacterial soap. Like I use my frankincense oil or lavender oil because, they're, yeah, they're antimicrobial in nature. I'll diffuse that when I'm like meditating and praying in the morning. So just in general, probably the oil I personally use the most for, for me is actually frankincense.
0: Interesting. Okay, so I think I'll have Margot ask the last question, which is something we ask all of our guests, and it's a super fun question. All right. Um, before that, I wanted to just know if people want to reach out to you, get more information about all this kind of stuff, where can they go?
3: Sure. Well, they can uh, visit my website. It's draxe.com. That's d-r-a-x-e.com. And I got a lot of resources on there. I got a lot of free recipes, a lot of articles on things like fixing your adrenals and your thyroid. Also, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram. You can just search uh, Dr. Dr. Josh Axe on Facebook. And I also encourage everybody ch- check out my wife's Instagram page. She is um she does her natural beauty skincare routine. She just did one on the essential oils she uses, like. Geranium and some of the others for her sort of anti-aging skincare, and she's a you know big into fitness. And her name, I think her handle is uh, Doctor Chelsea Axe. So Doctor Chelsea, Axe, you can find her on uh, on, on Instagram um, there as well.
1: Cool. Well, I'll be sure to follow her. I know, me
3: too.
1: Yeah. So I people she
3: actually follows you guys too. Just so you know, so she was. Okay. Uh, I, told, oh. I told her I was going to be talking with you guys today. She was like, "Oh, that's awesome." And, and yeah, she so was it like, was. "She sounds yeah. like
0: one of us." Is she yeah
3: yeah, she definitely is. Yeah, she she fit right in. In fact she's going out next month and I know you guys are probably colleagues with you like Natalie Jill, she's going out in November, they're doing a big fitness thing together cool. out I think San Diego, but uh but yeah. Awesome.
1: Yeah. So I get to ask you the last question. Dr. X, what was the last song you listened to before you did this podcast interview?
3: Oh my gosh, what was the last <laughs> song I listened to? Let's see, I was just working out and it was uh Man, you know what I think was on my playlist, and I don't know if I should be embarrassed or not. Go for it. Uh, I think I might be. I think it was actually uh, De- "Despacito" by Justin Bieber. If you can believe it. Oh, hey, so, we uh, get a lot
1: of Bieber. I, we do. Man, we really all right. Do. Well, hey,
3: that, that that was what was was playing my, my last song of my workout. So it's it was the song oh, yeah. of the
1: summer, of course.
3: You know what, man? It's a it, it's a good vibe. Like, yeah, it's 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 a good song. It was fun. So it was, uh, yeah. It, it, helped, it helped me finish my 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 hit workout strong. Some I'm feeling pretty good about it.
0: It just makes me want to bust out like Zumba moves. I mean, every single time, I'm just like, here's yeah. my Zumba class moves. That's
3: all I got. Oh yeah, that's so. good.
1: Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. You're a great guest.
3: Well, awesome. Well, hey, Thanks for having me. I love what you guys do. You know, there are uh, you know, you guys make fitness fun, which is great. And and uh, I know you guys have a lot of a lot of great content on the podcast. So again, I want to say, hey, uh, you know, thanks uh, th- thanks for having me.